Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. God, we just love you. We, we need you. We need you to move in our lives. We need you to fill us, Holy Spirit. We need you to fill us. We need you to empower us. You need, we need you to lead us. We need you to be um, telling us this way, that way, left, right, go straight ahead. We need you in every day. Help us grow ever more increasingly just fully dependent upon you. Um, that you would wear our skin like a skin suit. That you'd be so, we'd be so full of you that you'd just be wearing us like a glove, that we'd literally just be able to go where you want us to go, say what you want us to say, be in the people's lives that you want us to be in. Love them the way that you want us to love. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you that you live in our heart. Thank you that you fill us. Thank you that you live. It's like in us and with us, side by side, every single day. And you never leave us. You're always there. And so even, even as I've been praying this, God, if people are even wondering here right now, I uh, don't feel him like that. I'm just going to ask. We're just going to take another moment and just yield to him now and say, I want that. I want that knowing. I want that living. I want that empowerment. I want that hearing. Yield that right now. And even as they do, Father, I just pray, show them anything that they might need to yield off or surrender, even repent of, that has hindered that in the past. And if he's highlighted anything to you, just give it. Like, just lay it down at the cross and leave it there. Don't take it back. Leave it there. I am going to burst into tears. Um... The last song that we did is called I Am, I'm Listening, I Am Listening. And um, it's the one thing that is people have just failed to do from Adam and Eve, Moses, even, when, even at the time of Jesus. The first 50 years of the church were glorious. Revival broke out everywhere. In the next 50 years, it slowed because people just wouldn't listen to him because we just like our religious ways. And we listen to other voices that are not his voice and think that they're as important and even raise them up to as important, sometimes more important than... And I'm going to cry, sorry. <laughs> so, oh. so it's the... Um, God, just help us. We just want to listen to your voice and be the people that will do everything in your heart, fulfill everything in your heart. And it was said of David that he was your friend because he did not fail to do anything that you'd put him on the planet to do. And so help us, God, be the kind of people that will just listen to every word, every voice, that we would be so sensitive and so tuned in that we would feel if your heart skips a beat or feel if it speeds up because that's the emotion, right? Something's happening. That we'd be that sensitively, like we'd tuned in with that degree of sensitivity to what you're doing. We'd feel your exhale. We'd feel your joy. We'd know what pains you and be able to pray over and brood over the things in the earth that you brood over and that pain you so that we can pray the prayers you want prayed in the earth, Jesus. We just give our lives for this, God. Oh. Uh, um, the Lord told me, sing that song today. 
and um, then just talk about talk about his words and 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 what we do with them, right? Um, uh, about not quite two weeks ago, or maybe two weeks ago, I don't know, I, I, I caught this little, you know, Instagram reels, like 10-second or 30-second reels. Someone had just caught this 10-second piece of a song and it said, Oh, my soul, remember who you are talking to. It was a worship song. Oh, my soul, remember who you are talking to. <laughs> and I burst into tears and it was like midnight, so I woke the whole family up, which is... <laughs> I don't recommend doing that at midnight. Um, but... Um, I just played it 10 seconds over and over and over. And it took me three or four more days to even find what song it was. Um, it's just called Remember. It's by Brian and Katie Torwald. And the whole song is just really beautiful. But that, there's something in that lyric. Remember who it is you talk to, right? So when you're sitting with the Lord, when you're just on your own with him and maybe you maybe having a coffee together, maybe you've just got your Bible open, or maybe you're with your spouse with him, right? But remember who else is there with you. It's the one who said, let there be light. <laughs> and the sun has not stopped shining since. Or let, you know, let there be an expanse in the sky and the sun and the moon. It's the one who, with his fingers, created oceans and water filled them. And with that dirt, pushed up mountains with his finger. Right? So remember who it is that you're talking to. But more... Value his words to you even more than you having to fill the space or the void, right? We so often just come with like laundry list and go, I've got to pray about 50 things today. Jesus, I'm so busy. He already knows all the 50 things, like all of them. He knows them before you knew about them. <laughs> he knew them 50 years before you even knew that you'd need them, know them, need them, the 50 things. So it's, the, it's the, as you sit with him, like be, be able to just value his voice and his word to you and, and, and tune your heart in just to listen to what he's saying because he's speaking all the time and he wants to give revelation out to his people all the time. There is a flow from, his, from the throne of God to your life and, and the person next to you, their life and the person next to you. There's a, you can't court, count the, uh, the thoughts that he has just for you and then, and then the thoughts that he has for you or even more. And the thoughts, like you, we can't fathom the amount of stuff he wants to say to us but we've got to put the value on the sitting and being quiet the lyric in that song that we just sung is um quiet my heart oh i'm listening i quiet my heart because it's, it's with our heart all of our whole life is directed right because with our heart that we either value the lord and he knows it by the way we can fool people can't fool the Lord. He knows where the value is. So it's with our heart that we just decide, I'm going to value you, I'm going to value your word, and I'm going to value living to, according to your word, obedient every single day for the whole of my life. And some people hear that phrase and go, ah, oh, that's a bit hard. But the Holy Spirit is in you to empower you to do that very thing. It's why he's been given to empower us into lovingly following the Lord and lovingly living obedient to the Lord every single day. And, and, and then when you know it's God who's is, is giving you the instructions, but it's God who's in you empowering you to do, the, to do the very thing he's asked you to do, it's actually really easy. Same God who with his little finger pushed down the oceans and pushed up mountains is in you to fulfill his will, fulfill his will in you. It becomes a bit, bit easier when you think like that, when you understand it like that, right? Who, who, who it is who's inside you. So the song, Oh My Soul, Remember Who You're Talking To, we've 
I said on Friday night, we've just really got to sometimes set aside a lot of other distractions to remind ourselves how big he is. Because we can get our eyes and our focus on the wrong things and down, pull down to a level of the world and go, oh my gosh, the world is crazy right now. And it is. But God's still the one who, you know, with his finger, created the oceans and the mountains. And he's, he's, he's actually really, he has a plan. And his plan is the one that will be uh, fulfilled. His plans will succeed. Men's might for a time. Um, evil, evil might succeed, look like it's succeeding, succeeding for a time, but it's not permanent ever, right? The, will, the plans and the will of the Lord are what will be fulfilled, and we can trust him. All of the songs today are about listening and trusting, listening and trusting. We're safe in his love. We're safe. We're so safe in his love. So... Proverbs 29:18 and a lot of you understand this. It says in the NIV it says there is no revelation where there is no revelation people cast off restraint but blessed is the one who heeds instruction. Where there is no revelation what's that? Revelation is just anything that Holy Spirit is giving you. Anything. It could be a dream, could be a vision, could be words in your mouth, could be you just know. He's let me know something and I've got to do it or speak it or say it, right? And so where, where, where that is absent from a life or a family or a church or a nation, people cast off restraint. I'm saying that because what I really want to talk about is catching his words, listening to his words, catching them all and then being the people who'll run with his words. What that means is you are a prophet. Say, say this, say, I am a prophet. Say it again. Again, with conviction. I am a prophet. Now, in the Bible, in the New Testament, at the moment where the Holy Spirit was poured out, in Acts 2, you can read about it, the Holy Spirit was poured out, and he is the spirit of prophecy, into every heart, every believer in Christ Jesus, the spirit of prophecy came and took up residence. And so if you love Jesus, the Holy Spirit has come and taken up residence in your, in your life. He is the spirit of prophecy. And every single believer is called the prophethood of the believers. Every single believer has the ability to catch revelation, hear God's word, and put it into action, right? There's a difference. Everybody's a prophet and has got to live prophetically. But then we also have people with a, a, a greater gift of the capital P, prophet. I'm not trying to teach on that today. I'm talking about every single believer. Our, our job is hear and obey, hear and obey. Every word of the Lord, hear it and obey it, hear it and obey it. And, and the way we do that is by attentioning our heart again and again. What are you saying to me today? What are you saying to me in this hour, in the last hour, in the next hour? So it's like a daily thing. Um, Paul said, I pray without ceasing, right? Some people go, how do I pray without ceasing? Um, um, it's actually very, very easy. It's just remember to do it and, and, and create habits in your life so that you remember to do it. Maybe use an alarm. And so maybe on the hour, every hour, you might just, I just want to say, I want to give up some praise or a song. Even if you're at work, you can have like a little buzz in your phone, in the back of your pocket, time to praise Jesus. <laughs> but it's real, right? You can create habits. There's so many ways you can create habits. And if you just do a thing for like two weeks straight, it becomes easier and easier and easier. Two weeks is all it takes to create a habit. I'm, I'm, so it's the constant remembering and attuning your heart to the Holy Spirit who's within you and remembering. And so it might be something as small breathed as, that's right, thank you that you're with me. 
Thank you that you're with me. Thank you that, that as I write this computer program or as I build this house or as I teach this class of students or as I change diapers, thank you that you're with me. In every moment, at every day, all the time, no matter where you are, it's just that remembering, thank you, thank you, just thank you. And, and that can be the thing, right? It could just be as simple as thank you. But then also the tuning in because you'll start to develop the habit of being able to hear him and he'll instruct you on how to do things. He literally taught me how to build websites. So I've built like seven and I do not have any actual training, right? You go, that's a hard thing. It is, but not for the Lord. So he's with, he's with, like he tells me how to cook food. I know that you guys, a lot of you know this. I literally will just be trying to cook something and he'll go, no, not that ingredient, this ingredient, and double it. Less of that, more of this, some of that, you'll love it. And, and we can cook, like literally the Holy Spirit is with you and he is God who knows everything about everything that ever was. <laughs> and so, so why wouldn't we bring him in to even the things that we think are insignificant? It's not insignificant to him because he's right there doing it with you and he wants to partner with you in all of life at every moment, no matter what you're doing. No moment is small. No moment is insignificant. All of it when it's lived toward the Lord, is just holy and given back to him, devoted and given back to him. And then that's how we actually bring him in to a greater place of worship in our life, right? Uh, the, the, one of the Hebrew words that means um, uh, Adam was sent out of the garden and he was like, you've got to go cultivate the land now. The Hebrew word there, one of the words that it means is worship. And so Adam's work of cultivating, that's what I'm saying, planting it back in work, right? So if you're cooking food, if you're changing diapers, if you're writing computer programs or building houses or teaching in school, whatever you're doing, that's the work. Adam was told, cultivate. And, Adam, and that, was, that was part of his worship. As he just put his hands to the plow and did what he was told to do, God took it as worship into his heart, right? And so it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you can develop the very good habit of just a heart that just is going to be thankful all the time and, and remind, reminding yourself who the Lord is, reminding who it is that is with you in that moment. Rem, oh, my soul, remember who you're talking to, right? But oh, my soul, remember who's with you every moment. <laughs> so, he's a, he, anyway, I'm going to read, I'm going to read, I'm not even using my notes, sorry, as you, not sorry, <laughs> as usual. Um, I'm going to read from Exodus, this is NIV, I'm going to read from Exodus chapter 19. Moses, God, God met Moses on Mount Sinai in the burning bush, and people know this part of this story, right? And, and go, I want you to go and bring my people out of Egypt. So he goes down to, to Egypt, and, and there's a battle, a lot of battles, and then eventually though, all of the Egyptians walk out of, sorry, Israelites walk out of Egypt with Moses. He's leading them out. And, you know, miracles and signs and wonders, and it's awesome. Well, they get to the foot of Mount Sinai, right? It's about three months period, maybe. They get to the foot of Mount Sinai. It's only, it's only actually a six-day walk from Egypt to Mount Sinai, but it just took them a long time. <laughs> um, they get to the foot of Mount Sinai. This is where I'm breaking into the story. So chapter 19, I'm going to read from verse 4. God said this, You yourselves 
tell the people, Moses, you yourselves have now seen what I did to Egypt, which is he decimated Egypt. He decimated their army. He, he killed off the evil Pharaoh that was enslaving the Israelites, right? You yourselves have now seen what I did in Egypt. It's like for you. You've seen what I did for you, right? I'm loving you. I'm protecting you. This is me. I'm God. I'm the all-powerful one. I'm doing this for you, right? I'm trying to say that to get it into your head for a reason. How I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. He's creating for himself a very special people, peculiarly his own people, a priesthood, a prophethood for himself among the nations, right? Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Now skip down to verse 9. The Lord said to Moses, I am coming Sorry, I'm going to come to you in a dense cloud so the people will hear me speaking with you. And they'll always put trust in you as the leader, but really it's trusting God, right? Um, all right, now skipping on over. I'm going to tell a bit of the story, so I'm not going to go into it all. What God did was he gave some very basic instructions on how to live holy before the Lord, which included just having clean clothes. And so we don't necessarily have to do all that now because Jesus, his blood covers us. They had to do a lot of um, sprinkling of blood and a lot of sacrifice and a lot of cleaning and cleansing to present themselves before the Lord holy. Jesus has done that for us. We don't have to keep doing the sacrificial system, thank God. So we're holy. You're holy before the Lord, right? So Moses gives them instructions. They do it, and then they all roll out to the foot of the mountain. And this is where we're breaking in now, over into, over into 20. So it's, Moses, tell the people to cleanse themselves. Tell them to be holy and meet me at the mountain, right? Chapter 20, verse 18 then says, When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke. Now, I, I should have just said, God descended down upon the mountain, right? God wanted to meet them there, just like he'd met Moses earlier. He wanted the people to meet him. He wanted the people to know him, that he could speak to them and, and they would hear him speak directly. So he comes down on the mountain and it's God. So of course the mountain is shaking and rocks are splitting and things are happening because he's the all-powerful one. <laughs> so, and so things are happening and they're, they're, so they're looking at the mountain. Verse 18, when people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet, and saw the mountain in smoke. They trembled with fear, and they stayed at a distance. So God's heart was, Moses, I want to speak to these people. Just tell them how to cleanse themselves. Tell them how to come near. Tell them how to come close. But I want them close. I want them to hear. Tell them how. And so long as they do that, tell them to come right up to the mountain, because I want to speak to them. Like God, God's intention was that they'd be close. And instead, it says here, they trembled with fear. They saw the mountain shaking and they trembled with fear. They'd seen him do. This is the same people who, who just walked through the water with the waters parted on both sides. They walked through the Red Sea. It was parted. So they know he's a miracle working God and they know he did those miracles to save them, to protect them. But yet now he's wanting them to come close. He's given them instructions, which they have carried out, but they still won't step up. And they won't come close. 
They stayed at a distance, and this breaks my heart. Like, they said to Moses, speak to us yourself, and we will listen, but do not have the God, do not have God speak to us, or we will die. They rejected God's voice. They rejected it. And do you know that we, as humans, a lot of us have been doing that ever since. Even in, even in the New Covenant, even in the New Testament time of the church, we, we've been doing it since. Hearing God's voice and the prophetic just very generally has just been set aside and pushed aside and we've been given all kinds of reasons like I don't really trust myself to hear. He'd use someone else, someone else who's more spiritual. I don't really trust myself because I'm not a leader. I'm not, the, I'm not the one reading, I'm not the one on the microphone. Or I, I don't really think he really does that anymore because didn't that stop back with the early, early church? And every kind of reason is given why we've just sat aside and stopped the listening, stopped the hearing and stopped the obeying of the voice of the Lord. And we just did what they, they rejected God at that moment. Adam and Eve did the same thing. They heard, Adam heard and allowed the enemy just to come in and put a twist on it, didn't he? Did God really say? And it's the human issue, isn't it? It's the human issue of, I don't really know if God said that. I don't really know if he speaks to me. Well, I know that he speaks to that person over there. They always have really good things to say. But God wants to speak to you like every person here in this room. He wants you to be confident that you hear his voice. He wants you to be confident that he lives with you and he's near to you near to you and side by side as you go through every single day. He's right there with you. And so it doesn't matter what you are doing. I just mentioned, it doesn't matter. It could be something, the most benign, like insignificant detail, right? You just carry, maybe doing the dishes in your kitchen, right? He's there. And if you, with your heart, will start to just go, I want to bring you into every moment then even when you're doing dishes, those moments change. They become something supernatural and holy and he can speak to you and give you revelation and you're just doing dishes, but he'll speak to you. And that's what his heart's always longed to do is, it is it's for you to know how much he loves you, for you to know how dear and how precious you are and how much he longs for you to be so personally engaged with his heart, right? It's this personal engagement. And, and I think, I think uh, maybe sometimes we strive at this because we're like, I didn't pray enough today. I didn't read enough Bible today. Or maybe you haven't read it for a week or a year. I don't know. Um, but it's not even about that, right? It's just acknowledging God is with you in every moment. The God of heaven who created you now dwells in your heart like dwells in you and around about you and fills the space all around about you. And he wants you to know his heart. He wants to share his heart. He wants to make his heart known, all of the thoughts about you to you. He wants to make those known. And then not only that, help you so that when you're out and you're uh, in the world, just doing whatever life you do, not only do you know your the thoughts he has to you, you also now can pick up all of the thoughts that he might have for all of the people that you come in contact with and that's what's called being a very prophetic person because now you can walk in supermarket and say, I know what you did in your childhood and I think this happened but God wants to heal that. Get a word of knowledge, get a prophetic word, like it's to live with revelation this way. He wants you 
to be operating at a high level of revelation like this. And all it takes is attuning your heart again and again and training yourself, training it. Like literally like you go to work out in a gym, right? You build up a strong muscle in the gym. Hebrews chapter 5, the second and second to last and last verse just says, by exercising our senses, we grow in this, right? Just like, just like you work out in a gym, if you do that. You, 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 and you know sometimes the exercise, sometimes there's a little bit of pain involved. The stretching of your faith, sometimes there's a little bit of pain involved, right? It's by faith, we trust in this stuff. By faith, I trust what God says to me. And so by faith, I'm going to do it until I can really, really run, right? And so sometimes that's, that's a little bit of the pain side of it, right? So by faith, I'm going to exercise and exercise and exercise and learn to so listen to your heart and so listen to your every word that my whole life would be one of lived in complete obedience to you, God. That's what this is about. All of God's people can prophesy. And prophesy just means you're just picking up revelation from the Spirit. And you know what to do with it because revelation sometimes comes with a zip file. So you, you might see something in the Spirit but you get a feeling, oh, I understand what that means. And you can run. You know what to do with it. Other times it might be the person next to you that might have been sitting worshipping with that might get the other part of the revelation. But that's why we do family together, right? We share and we help each other grow and we, and we share the revelation that we're getting. So every child of God, we, we're, every one of us is supposed to be able to hear so that we can obey. It's here so that we can live a life that's just lived in glorious, like glorious honor given back to the Father. That's what it's about. You know, um, I read the verse about uh, Exodus when they were coming out of, the, they were coming out of um, Egypt and God's like, I want to create a people for myself, but they rejected his voice. Well, in, um, I can't find it on here, but it's 1 Peter chapter 2. I think it's verse 9, but it says that we now are that people. We now are that holy nation, peculiarly, peculiarly, it's hard to say that one, peculiarly, oh, so I got it wrong. <laughs> so we, we, are, we are that holy, uh, a, spe, a special possession, another, because <laughs> another translation says special possession, there you go, that's why it's handy, translations. <laughs> you are God's special possession. You are dearly loved. You are his special possession. We are now the priesthood and the prophethood. Every single one of us is a priest unto God. Every single one of us is a prophet unto God. And the, the point of Jesus dying on the cross and rising again was to inaugurate us into the new covenant so that we'd be filled with the Holy Spirit and be able to live this way. That was the point of the cross, right? So, checking my time, okay. So why don't we always live this way? Do you know that we feed ourselves on a lot of junk food? And I don't mean physical food. I mean junk food, like junk entertainment, junk music, junk conversations, maybe gossipy conversations. Um, junk media is the thing, right? <laughs> So you, you might spend a little bit of time with the Lord, but then it, like in the morning and go, check mark, did my time for the day, and then spend hours in the evening, hours in comparison to a little bit of time, hours in the evening consuming 
whatever it is you want to consume. Like, and it could be like just the constant news media or it could be sport or it could be whatever. And I'm not saying don't watch your favourite sport. Hear me, I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to help you understand sometimes the things that hinder us is we've fed ourselves on the wrong thing and, and because we've fed ourselves so much on that, our, our appetite becomes for that and we don't have an appetite for the Word of God, spiritual food, the actual physical, like when you're reading this, or we can't hear anymore. Like you can't, you don't have the, the eyes of your heart and the ears of your heart are just closed because the hunger is no longer for his words, it's for the words of the world. So in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 32 and 33, Ahab was set up as a king in Israel. Ahab married a woman who was Jezebel and she was the daughter of a a demon, like a demon worshipping pagan god, Omri, was, well, doesn't matter what it's, so he married Jezebel, but what Ahab did, if you read chapter 16, verse 32 and 33, Ahab set up a, an altar in Israel for Baal, Baal is Satan, right, he's the lord of the flies, you can read it in his New Testament, he's lord of, Satan, the devil, he set up a temple, an altar I should say, for Baal, and next to the altar, put up a big Asherah pole. And because he was king, please understand what this means, the authority understanding what it means when the leader of a nation sets up an altar and a pole like that, uh, something happens in the nation because it's the leader who's the one who's got the authority. And, and so when he set up the, the, the altar and the pole and he's married to Jezebel, they started creating for themselves their own priesthood and their own prophethood and they ended up with 900 total prophets that maybe more but we read about 900 that met Elijah later they ended up with 900 false prophets 900 now please like we have we have our TVs right and so how many how many news how many news stations are there they set up 900, so there's 450 Baal prophets and 450 um, Asherah prophets. And, and what those prophets did were run around Israel and literally just give false lying words. And who knows, the power of death and life is in our tongue. And so what those prophets kept saying, and for however long, Scripture doesn't tell us for how long, but for however long that they were ruling and reigning during that period of um, Ahab's rule, they were lying to the people daily, prophesying lies into over the culture. And so who knows, just last weekend we had a drag queen show in Texas for five-year-olds, right? And, and half of the, our nation right now is quite divided over this. The, the half of the nation that are really for this is because they have listened to lying prophets. And, and the power of our word creates and builds the world that we live, around, live in, right? And so you've got, there, there's a great divide. There are parents that were quite happy to bring their one-year-olds and two-year-olds and there's like men running around in drag and pl- practically no clothes and stuffing, the five-year-olds stuffing money into the clothing of the drag queen. How does a nation start doing that? It's the Baal prophets. It's the Asherah prophets. The lying, lying prophets. Wrong doctrines and wrong things get started to, to like ruminate and become teaching and doctrine in the church or it was the temple period, temple, right? 
wrong things just get repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated. If it's said enough, you start to believe it. That's, that's, the devil knows this better than we do often because he knows if we just listen to a song that is repeating some kind of lyric over ourself. Um, I don't listen to any. Someone's got to help me out. What's the lyric from a bad song? I don't know. What is it? Conceal, don't feel. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's kids. Kids, kids, right? Thanks. <laughs> Awkward moments in the pulpit with Romy every time I preach. Um, um, conceal, don't reveal. So, so what a little child is singing that Frozen, that movie from Frozen. Conceal, don't reveal. And she's skipping around like a princess. And she's looking so pretty in a princess suit, right? And so the little kid, the little other five-year-old watching that, watching that princess on TV skip around in a princess suit going, well, that's what the princesses do. I should do that too. Conceal, don't reveal. Conceal, don't reveal. Becomes, becomes the way a person starts to live their life because we've allowed ourselves to feed on the wrong things. I remember when my kids were really little, I stopped letting them watch Disney. I didn't really tell anyone because it was so unpopular. <laughs> It's really popular now. <laughs> so, <laughs> everyone's like, down with Disney, they're groomers. But back, back, Bella was just tiny, right? I was like, and there's some PBS TV shows too. I just, I was like, oh, we're not watching that. Turn it off. Um, because I was watching, I was watching PBS were pushing vaccines on five-year-olds and she was three watching a TV show. Why, why would they do that? So... Because lie after lie after lie after lie and conceal, don't reveal, conceal, don't reveal. And you just listen to this and you feed yourself on the Baal prophets. You feed yourself on the Asherah prophets and all of the lies through culture and don't even realize that you become an adult and they've shaped and formed the way you think as an adult. And so our worldview has been shaped, the way we approach God has been shaped very often by the things that we haven't caught ourselves and we've believed the lies thousands of them. So Elijah, in 1 Kings chapter 18, he now says, just two chapters later, right? Elijah goes, I've got to confront these prophets. And so one prophet, Elijah, and he calls 900 of the Asherah and Baal, 450 of each, right? He calls all the false prophets and he says, right, we're going to have a showdown. And who knows, who knows, it's not Elijah's strength, it's the Lord, because the Lord wanted to show himself strong and the Lord wanted to prove who he was and, and show up these lying prophets for who they were, right? So there's a massive showdown and literally the, the false prophets and the lying prophets are frenzied, dancing around, cutting themselves and whipping up a storm of trying to get the demon that they serve, demons, plural, that they serve, to try and do something and manifest something in the spiritual realm so that Elijah and then the crowds of Israelites watching would cower in fear. Well, they didn't. They did nothing. And all these prophets did was dance for hours and hours and hours and try and work up a storm. Elijah goes, are you done? <laughs> Eighteen, 1 Kings 18, 20 said, how long, he's speaking to the people, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. And then, psh, barbecue, prophets. <laughs> so he, literally, he, literally, he literally, like heaven came, uh, fire came down um, and, and consumed, consumed Elijah's 
um, sacrifice. And then Elijah literally told the Israelite army, kill every single one of these false prophets. And that seems like a bit extreme, right? Kill them. But they'd been responsible for a lot of death. And so God's still a God of justice and mercy, right? And so Elijah, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. And so we know that in um, Psalm 23, is verse 5, the Lord says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I, you don't have to... You know, I don't have to explain to you, we know what's going on in culture. There's a lot, of, a lot of agenda that's very evil. But before all of that, we can sit with the Lord and sit at his table and eat from him, eat what he, the food he wants to give us, listen to the words that he wants to speak over us, right? He has prepared the table in front of our enemies that we would be at rest and at peace because we've got the revelation from him and what's going on. And so we're not concerned about the next peace and the next 24-hour news cycle. The next thing that comes out is not freaking us out because God sometimes has already told you in advance what they're going to do. That's what being prophetic is. And sitting at his table is what uh, is, is needed for that. Like, I just think that a lot of Christians haven't, have been sitting at the wrong table. And this is where it really breaks me up because my own family who are not Christians, except my mum, they have fed themselves on all the wrong food and now have completely cut me out of their life. And all because all they did was sit at the wrong table. And so they've believed lies about the last two and a half years. And because I won't believe the lies and follow them and do everything that they've done, which is get vaccinated and wear masks and all the rest, because I won't do that and I won't follow the lies, they've cut me out of their life. But it's, 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 it's beyond, it's not just the COVID thing, that just manifested it. That's just what's shown it. That's what brought it into culture. So we can see very clearly now a great divide that is happening, right? It happened a lot before, long before COVID. They were already sitting at the wrong table. Like maybe, maybe decades before COVID, they were sitting at the wrong table, feeding on the wrong thing, listening to the wrong thing, listening to the songs that I sing, letting the songs shape my life, listening to the news broadcast. There is no mainstream news, not even Fox. Fox are promoting this transgender agenda. Did I say that right? Transgender agenda. Yeah, Fox are promoting the transgender agenda. So please don't think that they're the conservative safe news. They're not. They're Baal prophets just as much as any other CNN. They're Baal prophets lying day in, day out, day in, day out, decades. It's the wrong table. It's the absolute wrong table. I'm going to pulled up this little Bible here is my passion translation. Uh-oh, I need a third hand. <laughs> oh, I did it. The Lord, as I was just sitting with the Lord earlier this week and it just ruminating over this, right? He goes, um, just look at Proverbs 9, verse 5. And he literally said in the, trans, in the passion translation too, uh, verse 5, come and dine at my table and drink of my wine. Lay aside your simple thoughts and leave your paths behind. Agree with my ways, live in my truth, and you'll find righteousness. And what was really funny that he was so specific to the translation because the other translations don't say table. Because <laughs> he's that good. He's that good. And we can trust him that much. 
oh my gosh, I'm talking about sitting before the Lord in the table and then he just gave me a Bible verse. He's that practical, he's that helpful, it's that simple and that easy to listen and obey and hear it, right, and just do it. It's that simple. If I picked up a wrong translation, I would have not had this verse. He just wants us to hear and obey, hear and obey, hear and obey. Whoever wants to know me, the verse above it, whoever wants to know me and receive my wisdom, come and dine at my table and drink of my wine. Lay aside your simple thoughts and leave your paths behind. Agree with my ways, live in my truth and you'll find righteousness. It's not hard. He makes it, God actually makes it really easy for us. We, we make it hard on ourselves. We trip ourselves up. We don't trust that we're hearing. We don't think we're spiritual enough. Whatever, whatever the excuse is, right? It doesn't really matter. The thing is, the thing is, it's easy. It's easy. You can just sit with the Lord and, and sit, maybe sit in reading scripture until something just pops off, off the page and bursts into your heart. Right? It's really that easy. Holy Spirit is with you even to help you understand the Bible. So if you're sitting reading it, he's the one illuminating it and making it revelation and come alive in you. He's the one doing it all so we can actually rest in him and trust that he'll do what he said to do. Right? And you know, Mary and Martha, Martha was the hardworking woman and she's like, Jesus, tell Mary to help me. And Jesus said, Mary's chosen the right thing. She's just sitting at my feet listening to my word, right? That's what she was doing because he was, he was in the room and he was teaching. And Mary went, you know what? Dinner can wait. I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to listen to his words and I'm going to value that right thing over any other thing. Listen to his words. Psalm 85 verse 8 says, I will listen to what the Lord God says. I will listen to what the Lord God says. And your heart has to just go... I will listen to what the Lord is going to say. It's a decision that we make, right? There's intentionality. That's like the growing of the muscle part that we just talked about a few minutes ago. There's an intentionality in, in you. If you really want to be someone who's going to live and, and breathe and operate and have your actual food be the word of God every single moment. So Matthew 4.4 says, Jesus was answering Satan who was trying to trip him up over God's word. And Jesus goes, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The Greek there is a continual proceeding never ending. There is thoughts and words from God, from his heart in his mind to you on a constant basis, daily basis, and it doesn't stop. We stop it because we've stopped our ears. That's the only reason. So it's really easy. You can sit with the Lord and go, anything that I've done to hinder this, I want to lay down right now. Give it up. And he really will make his way into, into your life in a way that you start to go, oh, I'm starting to catch revelation. I'm starting to understand what it means to hear. So some people really hear, like it's an internal voice or even an audible voice. Some people um, know in their heart, that in your gut, you just know that you know that you know and no one's going to convince you different. You know it's God, right? Other people see in pictures, others with movies, others dreams in the nighttime. It doesn't matter how revelation comes. It's very different. I talk differently to my three kids because they're just different people. God, our Father, has a unique relationship with every single one of us and so we'll have unique ways that he talks to you because you're his beloved daughter or son and he wants to have this individual unique relationship with you that is beautiful and you'll start to have, I've said before, like in jokes, 
I have in-jokes with God. Like, why not? He says, be like a child with him, right? And so he's actually really funny. And joy, the joy of the Lord, right, is one of the things that we know is true of Jesus. He is happy. I've seen him do cartwheels around the back of this room sometimes. He's happy, even despite what's going on in culture. He's still, joy does not leave him. And so, and so the more you allow that revelation in, or it's coming to you all the time, the more you realize it, accept it, take it in, you take it in and actualize it, make it yours, then you'll also be someone who has incredible peace, incredible joy in spite of any circumstance that you walk through. Because revelation, the revelation from God, trumps all of the information coming to us from any other direction, right? All of, I mentioned the Baal prophets, any kind of information that, and, and, it's, and it's all right to have the information. I'm, I go after some of the information. It's all right to have it. We need to know what's going on, kind of. What we need in a much greater way is to know what he's saying and live by what he's saying every single day. And so the revelation from the Holy Spirit trumps the information you're getting anywhere else. Right? Even from a trusted, my husband, I love him, right? But, but even, even what the Lord is saying to me on a thing is going to trump information that he might be telling me. And, and you know, so, you know, a lot of people know me, not, not everyone. I'm like a super nerd. I've got like 4,000 books in my house. That's a lot of books. I haven't read all of them. <laughs> but some of them are reference, right? So, but, but so I'm, I'm on the pursuit. I want to know what else I can know because it's, if it's leading me to just a deeper relationship with him and to grow deeper and then put more tools in my hand to help other people, I'll do it, I'll pursue it. So it's not for the lack of learning. It's not for the lack of growing and whatever the gifts that he's put in you. It's not for any lack of pursuing those. Pursue them. But the highest goal is to know him. The highest goal is to know his heart. The highest goal is to hear his voice and live by his voice every single day, right? And the pursuit of all the stuff as great as it is, has to be very secondary to just knowing his heart. We'll pray. Let's pray. Let everything else fade away, as we just sung, Jesus. Let everything else fade away. Let everything else fade away, as good as all of the gifts are that you've given us, and you've given us husbands and wives and children and people into our lives, and you've given us spiritual gifts and things and talents, and all of it is great, and we thank you, but let it fade away in comparison to who you are. As the Lord Jesus said that... Um, um, you, you can't really love me. It's like unless you hate other people. But the Greek word there is not like hate with a disdain that is like murderous hate. It's a comparison. It's that because you can love people, but the love for the Lord has got to be so much bigger and burn so much brighter and hotter, like red hot, passionate love for the Lord. And so when you, if you read that verse, it's about, it's comparison. It's that the Lord wants to be number one in your life. The first three of the... Um, uh, Ten Commandments, uh, have no other idols and don't use my name in vain. Don't say you're a Christian if you're not. Don't say you pray if you don't. Don't stand in front of people and pretend to have my words if you don't. That's taking the name of the Lord in vain. No idols, right? So, so lay them down. Jesus, I just pray right now, even just in these next few moments, 
God, show people anything in their heart that they just need to lay down before you. Maybe there's one thing. Maybe there's nothing. It's all right if there's nothing, right? If he doesn't highlight anything, that's okay. But highlight, highlight to people, Father, if there's things that they just need to lay down. Um, and it's not that they're bad things even necessarily, but it's so that we can rightly focus the attention and the affection of our heart on you. All the attention and all the affection of our heart help us just really pour it out on you and, and focus, put you as the focus, you, that you be the one on the altar of our heart and everything else will be so secondary. Um, so our hearts are little idol factories. It's really what it is. We're created to have this one Jesus and the enemy knows if he can just put anything else in to distract, we're going to grab hold of that thing and put it right on that place in our heart. And so God, help us. Help us know our heart. Help us the spiritual, like God-given self-awareness, not like psychology, right? But God-given self-awareness. God-given self-awareness, God. Spirit of God, help us to know our heart. Help us to know our motivations, especially those that might take us away from you. Especially those motivations and the things, the ambitions that might hinder our hearing you and obeying you, that might hinder the relationship with you. God, we want to lay all of that aside. We want to put it down and lay it all aside. And so we give you permission to go deep in our heart, like go, like plumb the depths of who we are so that our lives would really be lives given to you, like living sacrifices we just sung, that I will be a living sacrifice. I will be a living sacrifice. I will be a living sacrifice. Lord, we just give our lives to you for this purpose, that you would have your way every day. It's not a hard thing because the exchange as we lay things down is we just get more of you into our life, more of the creator of the universe into your life. It's an easy exchange. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we just set you as the focus of, of our lives, of every day, of every moment of every day. Help us put habits in place where we just think of you through the day and praise you through the day and pray for you, pray for things, other things, people through the day. Help us put habits in place where we are reminded of you constantly so that we can grow in this intimate relationship with you. It's intimacy, it's deep, deep intimacy that you desire. So help us, Father. Help every one of us, Father. Help us, God. And thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's the greatest gift is that you give yourself to us. We've been talking about gifts, but it's the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift. And so we thank you. Thank you, Father, for pouring out the Holy Spirit into our lives, that He would be with us and around about us and fill us every day and empower us to do all that you have in your will for us to do, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Help us now to get up as the warriors that you want us to be, empowered with your words to go and change the world. I pray that, Jesus. I pray that. Anybody here that has not given their life to Jesus, I'm just going to give you a moment. I've been talking about being prophetic people and around about if, you, if, you, if your heart is not yet the Lord's, if it's sideways a little bit, or you just want to give your life to him because you're hearing me talk about how much he loves you and you haven't yet done that, 
all this, there's been a great distance in your heart. God wants to come right back into a place, if, you, if you're recommitting, he wants to come, bring you right back into that intimate place or maybe for the first time, if you're giving a life to him for the first time, Everybody else's eyes closed. Can you raise your hand so I can just see anybody who wants to give their lives to Jesus? Maybe it's a recommitment. Maybe it's for the first time. All right. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, God. So... No one's hands raised, which is fine, okay? That means, that means people are good. <laughs> but uh, this is the thing. When we get the words of God, we start to grab his thoughts and then do his thoughts or speak his thoughts. We become weapons of mass destruction against the enemy territory, Right, So you become a weapon of mass destruction against the enemy because now you're saying what the Father says and you're doing what the Father is doing. You, you, your life is radically transformed into a warrior. And so this was very important for us to understand what it means to be people who carry the words of God because we, we go around and change. Like identities are changed, cities are changed, nations are changed when there's just a lot of people who know how to catch the words of God and say it and do it, right? So say, I am a weapon of mass destruction against the enemy. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.